2: And now, Joe and Pat present, Sports Talk's Person of the Day. A deep drive, left field, hammered and gone! Into the second deck. His first two hits went a total of about 85 feet, and that one went about 385.
3: Brian Dozier was traded today uh, after a a nice uh, five-year career with the Twins. Uh, Six years, actually. Uh, He came up in 2012. What, May or sometime of 2012, he came up. And let's see, when was his Major League debut? May 7th, 2012. They brought him up to play shortstop. Didn't work out too well. No, it didn't. Uh, played uh, 84 that game games that year. He uh, hit two, he hit two thirty four, and uh, didn't show the power that he showed later. But he just wasn't a shortstop in the big leagues. He didn't, he didn't have the range. He, he and a lot, yeah.
1: some of it too was his arm. He just didn't yeah. have the strong enough arm to play short. Very
3: good arm for second base, but not for shortstop. Right. And then the next year, 2013, he came up and uh, the Twins, he came to, he didn't get, in September, he didn't get recalled. They were upset with him because he apparently pouted a little when he got mm-hmm. down sent down to Rochester. So Terry Ryan didn't uh, didn't uh, call him back up in September, which is pretty routine. If a guy's been up for half the season, he, he gets called back. Uh, so he went to spring training 2013 to compete for the second base job, played extremely well. Won it won the job rather easily that spring. He ended up hitting in uh, for the Twins. He hit six home runs in 2012. So over the next six years, he hit 161 home runs. That's a pretty good production for a second baseman. The thing I liked about him is his ability to score runs. He scored 560 runs for the Twins. He had Mm. four straight seasons. Uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, where he scored uh, over 100, 112, 101, 104, 106. And this year he had 65. He probably wasn't going to make it, but uh, he wasn't. He could get on base. He could draw a walk. And uh, he became a very good second baseman, won the gold glove last year. Yep. I thought he really played well last year. You know what? I, I'm an old-time baseball guy who loves the guy who's the second baseman who can turn the double play. Mm-hmm. And he I thought he what, they weren't turning them this year like they did last year when they were playing because the balls were going in the seats. yeah well, that was true, but they <laughs> they missed they missed some opportunities okay? yes I thought uh on some double plays uh this this year, but last year they uh they really turned the double play. Good guy he comes from Fulton, Mississippi, it's a town of 4 thousand. Uh, i did a piece on him a couple of weeks ago after being uh down there in chicago and he was the northern mississippi player of the year high school player of the year <laughs> and i don't know what that entails sure you know? it's like like the we got a north and we got a southern player. corner yeah. and never got recruited by the sec boys they didn't yeah. recruit him so he ended up going to southern miss you know down in the different mm-hmm. part of the state and uh had three pretty good years there didn't get drafted after his junior year he was not drafted and they were doing 50 rounds then i think and uh so then after his senior year he had a really good senior year and they went to the college world series uh that southern miss team they won a uh a regional at georgia tech and then they won a super regional at Florida, beat them twice, wow. and ended up going to the uh, the. They got beat twice when they got to Omaha, but they went the College World Series. That would have been what two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, and the Twins drafted him in the uh, in the eighth round that year, and he and he signed, of course. And so he was getting started late. He was twenty two already, getting mm. started late. Uh, he made it to the big leagues by two thousand twelve. And uh, a lot of power, man. He, he figured out, you know, he was almost the head of the curve on launch hit angle. Hit it out, baby. <laughs> launch <laughs> angle. Sit there and wait for that fastball on the inner half and hit it as and far high as you can. Fastball inside. He's going to. He, yep. he could get on top of the ball uh, better, as good as anybody. Because, uh, you know, normally pitchers are trying to throw it up here. You couldn't throw it high. Remember the movie, uh, the uh, Hanks movie about women's baseball?
0: Mm-mm. league of their own league of their oh, own Oh, i great sure, sure. Yep.
3: yeah league of their own and the and the uh the sister the red-headed sister who was a sucker for the high ones remember she was a sucker oh for the, yeah yeah uh, she uh, yeah, to yeah. throw it up she, she's a sucker for the high ones i always i oh whenever i saw him getting up on top of that ball up high and inside <laughs> i said he's a he's a sucker for those high ones but he gets there and uh you know he's uh he's an interesting cat he and his wife, big in the community, they for a few years there. Where'd they go to Honduras or someplace to build houses?
1: In fact, uh, his wife—I forget her first name—she uh, joined the broadcast yesterday to talk about the Twins' wives' organization and the, uh, the uh-huh. fundraising efforts that they were making on did we ask this particular her about the homestand. Trade? No, Dick did not ask mm-hmm. her about uh, about the potential of him being moved uh, in the next com- uh, next few hours, but I'm sure.
3: You know, it was probably on her mind at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's one of the uh, big leaders of yep. the uh, of the women in town. A lot of, a lot of charitable things. And I don't know if he goes back. I don't know where he spends the winter. He, if he goes back home or if he found a little more exotic location than Mississippi.
1: You know, and now that because you know the new rule is once you're traded, you cannot receive a qualifying offer. You're just a straight free agent. I wonder how much that has changed his market heading into this particular off season. And the fact that the Dodgers can't attach a comp compensatory pick I to think, him. I
3: uh, think if somebody comes to him and offers him three years for thirty six million, he'll take it. I don't think it's going to get much beyond ten or twelve. Do you? Him and Escobar. It, are a lot probably of about it the I think Escobar is worth more money. He's younger. Sure, can play all over, and uh, a lot of it depends if he goes out there and has his. Yeah, if he tears if he, it up, he, yes. yeah, yeah, if you right. have his hot streak, so this must mean the end of Utley. I huh? wonder whether they're keep him around as well, a pinch hitter. Utley,
1: basically, he had the
3: ceremonial
1: yeah. farewell yeah, right. tour in yeah, Philly yeah, last. Yeah. Was it last week or the week before? Yeah. Whatever yeah, it was, they'll probably and, have to
3: play him. Well, one thing about this guy, I always admired. He played, man. He yeah. and he's. I think he's been a little beat up this year because his arm hasn't been good. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he played. He never. Very related, I don't think they ever. Him I don't injured. think they ever had to worry about him coming into the manager's office and saying, "I can't play today." No, so he, he. I know one of one of those years he wanted to play them all, but they would never let him.
1: And like I, them. you know, I get that there are people that are attached to him because you know he was an all star, he was a you know a franchise good, yeah. player, good good dude, and as you said, involved in the community. But what I don't understand is things that I'm seeing is people are mad that that he Escobar, a lot of these guys were traded. Well. They're eight games under five hundred. What, yeah. what do you want yeah, them to it's do? it's not
3: the fact they're only eight out has nothing to do with the fact that they're they're just they're just not good, you know. So they're they're not they're not going to catch Cleveland. And uh, I'm I'm not a big defender in the fact that we're rebuilding again. But,
0: and a lot of the guys uh, that they moved were not going to be back. Yeah, they're anyway, all free agents. So, I mean, maybe I, maybe you bring Escobar. They're back, not
3: going to go make a run at uh, Dozier, but they might make a run at Escobar. Yeah. I hope they do. All right, we'll be back. Sports person of the day, by the way. That was random. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Royce. Have a nice ride.
2: On 1500 ESPN. Part of a murderer's row of ball talk. Play ball. Here's
1: legendary pitcher and broadcaster Jim Cott. Better up. On the ride with Royce.
3: Mr. Cott, uh your uh, MLB partner Bob Costas gave you quite a Hall of Fame plug during his hour and a half speech at Cooperstown.
2: <laughs> it was wow, eloquent. Was it, um, it was eloquent but long in that speech, man. Yeah, he was uh he was working on keeping it to 15 to 18 <laughs> minutes, but uh that went out the window with the Kirk Gibson description. But yes. hey, you got a nice plug as well. Uh, uh Sheldon Oker was very nice to uh, you know mention you being one of the finalists for the uh, for the uh, J.T. Taylor Spink Award. Yep, yeah, Sheldon's, my,
3: Sheldon's yeah, Sheldon's a good friend of mine. So uh, a good yep. and a, yeah. a good a good lifelong ball guy. So it was nice to see him get in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, Costas was uh, rolling pretty good, and uh, now uh, have you how many times you've been to Cooperstown?
2: Well, I went uh, my freshman year in college when my roommate was from Hooker, New York. So I was down there the spring of 50, the fall of 56. Wow. And then I was there for Williams and Stingle's induction in uh, 66. That was my first induction. And then uh, Whitey and Mickey and then Harmon's in 84 and on and on. So I've probably been there a dozen times. I've had a lot of teammates over the years uh Go in. The most recent, of course, was Burt. All right,
3: uh, PBS, uh, sir, uh, has the uh, Ted Williams uh, uh, American Masters hour documentary. Uh, have you seen it yet?
2: Oh yes, I've. I saw it, and uh, you were in uh, it. I taped it because a couple of buddies. Oh yeah, I know. Nick Davis came uh, to our place in Vermont last year. He spent about two hours there. I spun quite a few Williams <laughs> stories, and. Uh, I, I thought he did a good job. I, I was talking to Ken Burns, who was at Bob Costas's uh, induction and then sort of a private family friends dinner afterwards. So I visited with Ken, and he also was complimentary to uh, to Nick Davis on the. I, I thought it showed both the good and the bad yep. of Ted, uh, you know. And when I, it's just like I told Bill Parcells when I saw the two bills, you know. I should <laughs> coach parcel and i said man that was you i mean it sounded like you your old grumpy gruff self <laughs> and, uh, and i thought it really depicted williams to a t and
3: another local moment uh there's a two second uh, little a bit of him being uh being uh interviewed at the uh batting cage when he was a coach at the 1969 all-star game and the guy with the microphone
2: is sydney oh yeah i I caught that yeah i caught that sydney well you know Ted's a close personal friend to sydney
3: yes yes he is yes he is now you're uh you 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 and i are on the same wavelength as far as the uh trading deadline comes too late it was nuts today man it was like the nhl trading deadline where they make 30 trades
2: yeah you know i'm I'm out on a limb, probably a party of one, and I really don't care because I, I just think it's it's so annoying and, and sickening. Really, I mean, you can't blame the teams. They're no. the general managers. They're playing the system, but I wish the system would change. Yes. You know, this is not to me honest and fair competition. If you uh, if you force teams on June one to say, look, this is what we thought we had coming out of spring training, but it's not working out. What can we go get? I mean, even if it was June 15th, I guess that'd be okay, but I'd rather see June 1st. Then, then you go and you make your deals, yep. if you can make them, and everybody still feels pretty optimistic about staying in the race. Like, here's this Oakland. Whoever thought they'd be there, and they're, they're humming right along. And then if something happens during the year to an in- injury or something to a player, You live with the players that you signed and developed in your own organization. And to me, that's honest and fair competition. And like I said, I'm in the minority, but I don't care. I just hate to see this. I hate to see Twins fans all of a sudden see, you know, Dozier and, and, you know, their their best, probably most versatile player, uh, visible player, I should say. And and that's happened with Baltimore and with others. And I, I just... I don't know. I, I just don't care for it. I don't like it.
3: And, Jim, it almost became a contest this year because there's so many teams out of it. Uh, to who could give away their players fast enough? I mean, faster. The Twins obviously wanted to move Dozier as a second baseman. while well, there were six other clubs out there trying to move their second baseman.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> Kinsler going back to boston and because Pedroya can't play there's a yeah. little backstory there you know he transferred to missouri because he was stuck behind Pedroya at arizona state i so didn't know that history with, <laughs> yeah he was at arizona state and it uh, looked like dustin was getting all going to get all the playing time so uh, so kinsler transferred to uh to missouri so those guys know each other well but you know he's he's coming in at a at a little advanced age as a second baseman. But uh, as you said, guys are just moving left and right. I mean, it's going to take some time to figure out who's playing on what team. Man,
3: this Boston club, 40-some games over. Uh, that's uh, I, I didn't see it. I saw them this spring. I kind of liked them. But uh, uh, when you throw that good starting pitching out there every day, it do help, doesn't it? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I my, one of my good friends is uh, is Phil Morse, one of the owners of the Red Sox. We play golf together in the winter, and and I kept saying, Phil, you guys are really going to be good, and particularly when they got Martinez. I yeah. said the depth in your starting pitching, if if Price is healthy, both mentally and physically, and Sale is back and everything. I said, I think you're really going to be good. Now they get they get. Did get a little bit of uh, bad news today. Maybe you saw it. Sale is going on the DL Ooh. shoulder inflammation for that's, ten. That's they not for ten days. Okay. They. Uh, it might. You know what? It might be the it, way they use that ten day disable list. Yeah. It might be not really serious they shoulder ju- inflammation, yeah. but it might be. Let's give him a little break. Yes. Uh, since it's a pretty good. Chance that we're going to be in postseason, so let's give them a little ten day break.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that, and,
2: and maybe that, that would be good. Uh, that's what'll freshen them up. So I'm, I'm guessing it's nothing serious. So we got Mike Trout,
3: and we got a bunch of other guys. But you mentioned Martinez; he might be the MVP man. He has been so important to that team; it's incredible.
2: Yeah, he he sort of picked up the the punch that they lacked with uh, with Big Poppy gone. And the other thing, from being around the Red Sox, uh, you know, quite a bit in terms of I do a lot of their their games. I have my next game is Cleveland at Boston in a couple of weeks, and uh, he's had a really good influence on some of their other hitters as well. Uh, this guy is a real—he uh, is a really what should we say, a hitting wonk. He really studies it and passes on all the things that he does to some of the other players. So I, I think other than. More than just his performance, he's helped out a lot of his teammates, and and I think it it takes a little pressure off guys like Bets and Ben and Tendy because without Big Poppy there, I think everybody was trying yeah. to do maybe a little bit more than they were capable of.
3: Jim Cotts with us. What are you doing in Ontario? Taking a vacation from your vacation, or what?
2: Well, I am on my way to Minnesota because oh. this weekend is Hall of Fame Twins. Oh, weekend, that's I'm right. Make a little stop in Michigan, a little stop in Wisconsin. They've uh they got some nice golf courses there and I have family there as well. So we blend in the two and then I look forward to uh the weekend where I see a lot of my uh Buddies, and then we're going to, I think, induct uh, Johan Santana yes. in the Hall of Fame this year.
3: And uh, the, do you do you and the bride drive the uh, still drive the Winnebago or whatever it is, or do you just drive? No, a, actually,
2: she's she's uh, helping renovate the house we have in Vermont. So I'm just going solo, but no Winnebago, <laughs> no no motorhome.
3: Well, that's uh, that's good. Uh, you you're not a fisherman, right? I mean, you brought up Williams, and the the only thing he liked better than baseball was fishing. You never got in into that much right
2: no no actually uh, my (laughs) wife is a fisher she's an avid fly fisher person and has uh, been on the cover of a couple fly fishing magazines been to new zealand doing that so i don't have the patience or the dexterity and vision at my age to tie those little flies you know put me in the river with a guide i catch one fish and let's go hit some golf balls Hey tell me a that's, couple That's Tell me a
3: couple of the Williams stories you told on uh on the on the documentary.
2: Well, when I first faced him, you know, in, in those days uh security wasn't that great and I remember seeing in the baseball guide overhead pictures of what every ballpark looked like. And so I couldn't wait to walk out to Fenway Park. Yeah. And I got in. Uh, I got in a gate there very easily, and I walked down the left field line. And Joe Mooney, the, the uh, groundskeeper who was there for a gazillion years, we got to know each other real well. He said, "Hey, kid, where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to look at that wall and look at all those dents in it." That's a bad <laughs> word to use in Boston. Yeah. dent. <laughs> yeah. they call yeah, it ripples right. <laughs> now, but uh, as it Bucky did. Yes, but, uh, right. I said uh, I said, Bobby Doerr, Vern Stevens, the Dom DiMaggio, and I'm looking at all those. And then when I walked back toward the visiting dugout, we were the Washington Senators still at the time, while Williams comes out and he plays Pepper with the owner, Tom Yawkey, and the really? Real house guy, Johnny Orlando, Every just about every home game. Mm-hmm. And then later, I'm facing him, and John Shibe is our uh, – second baseman and he and I were teammates at Charleston and I uh, I turned around kind of cupped my hands <laughs> cupped them and I looked at Shive and I said, Do you believe this? I'm facing Ted Williams, uh, you know? <laughs> because before cable TV and uh, uh things like that, you, you know, you you didn't see these guys in person. So they were like uh, statues to you. And and then I, I got to know Ted quite well, I had another experience at a golf course in Florida where uh I went in the pro shop up in Citrus, Florida, said does uh does Williams ever come out and play golf? He's on the seventeenth uh, fairway right now with Eddie Fainer, the oh, softball really? pitcher, the king of his court. Uh-huh. So I said, Can I take a cart? I had my friend Doc Gallagher have a Red <laughs> Sox pants. So we drove out drive out and and Williams is walking off the seventeenth green. I don't wanna bother him. I wait till he's kinda near the cart and I went and I said Mr. Williams and he looked at me and he said what do you mean you don't give me that with Mr. Williams so and so he said I I remember you left You try to throw me that curve I mean that <laughs> was his mind he remembered everything about a pitcher no matter how little or how much you'd face him and uh, he was always ready to talk hitting and pitching so it was a it was a treat for me to speak at the opening of his tunnel mm-hmm. in uh, Boston, the tunnel that goes wow. to the airport, and, and get to know him a little bit. So that was quite a privilege.
3: He, uh, and you didn't have to worry about him putting dents in the left field wall because all he was doing. <laughs> he was the, You saw this sh- not as dramatic a shift, but the, he was one of the first guys they really dramatically shifted against.
2: Yeah, Lou Bedreau started, I think it was uh, 46, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. About late forties, the exaggerated shift, uh, and of course he didn't. Uh, he didn't make any attempt to go the other way. You know what's interesting is that Boston has had so many left-hand batting champions with Boggs and Lynn and Pete Runnels and yes. and and Williams, of course, and and Williams is probably the only lefty that didn't use the left field wall like those other guys did. Uh, I think maybe even Mickey Vernon might have won a batting title there, but. Mm lefties learned to use that left field wall as uh, ben is now but williams just uh, was defiant he just pulled the ball through although the first time he faced me he took it off that left oh, field oh really uh Yeah, around the flagpole (laughs) at (laughs) 379. So I know he used it that time. Hey,
3: Jim, one last question, or one last uh, thought. Uh, Johan Santana, great twin going in the Hall of Fame, probably the second-best lefty starter we've ever had except for Jim Cott. And uh, what uh, did you think of that changeup?
2: As far well, as, I, I think, you know, both Both Frankie, you yeah. know, I, I was there the longest period of time and piled up some wins, but I think Frankie V and, and Santana were, you know, great three-pitch pitchers. I was basically a two-pitch pitcher. I wished that I would have had a change-up like Frankie V's, and yeah. then... Even a better one with Sam Bennett. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because I'm walking out of the Hall of Fame Museum with Randy Johnson. You know, when you're at Cooperstown sure. Induction Week, every 10 steps you're talking to a Hall of Famer. And we chatted and I said, Randy, I tell people today, if I'm a left-hand pitcher in today's game, I'd like to have Randy Johnson's fastball to go up and in and Johan Santana's (laughs) changeup to go low and away. I don't want any other pitch. Just those two, and I'll be just fine.
3: Hey, you're the greatest. We'll see you this weekend, Jim. Thanks. All right, Pat. Have a good drive. Be careful, man. Thank you. I will. All right. The great Jim Cott. how good was that, ladies and gentlemen? That was pretty good. Mr. Cot ran a little long, but uh, that, Nobody's happens. Complaining. that happens when it's it fantastic. That's fantastic. Here's Reavers with a quick update on trade deadline. MLB has become NHL on the trade deadline.
1: Thank you, Pat. This report is sponsored by KFC. Try America's new favorite family, KFC's family of four different $20 Phillips. KFC, it's finger licking good. As Patrick mentioned, Major League Baseball's non-waiver trade deadline passed at 3 o'clock today, and boy, she was an active day. Uh, If you missed it, the Minnesota Twins did send second baseman Brian Dozier to the Los Angeles Dodgers in return. The Twins will take on the remaining portion of Logan Forsyth's contract, which is very similar to the one of Brian Dozier. In that deal, they will also receive 23-year-old outfielder and first baseman Luke Raley and 22-year-old left-handed pitcher Devin Smeltzer, both of those players were at double A. The Pirates, they uh, acquired a-, a Rays Ace pitcher, Chris Archer, the uh, Diamondbacks. Are, and you said that the Pittsburgh fans are upset
3: about this yeah, one, right? Yeah, Austin Meadows is a big uh, phenom for them. The Pittsburgh gave up two good—they like glass now, too.
1: And apparently, according to Bob Nightingale, the player to be named Laner is a significant— Piece from coming from the Pittsburgh organization. Uh, the Diamondbacks, they got closer Brad Ziegler from the Marlins. The Cubs got former Twins closer Brandon Kinsler from the Nationals. The Blue Jays traded left handed reliever Aaron Loop to the Phillies. The Orioles had a massive day today. Uh, one of their trades, they sent right handed starting pitcher Kevin Gausman and relief pitcher Darren O'Day to so the Braves. So, what Atlanta you're telling Braves. me
3: is the Orioles have given up.
1: Yes, yes, they have. Although I was trying to see just how great of a package that they got from the Braves. They did. They got uh, I think five of the top twenty Braves prospects or twenty five, excuse me. And Orioles Twitter is on fire. Like they're showing houses on fire and things. They're forty some games under five hundred. Yes. Uh, They also traded second baseman Jonathan Scope to the Milwaukee Brewers in a last-minute deal right before the deadline. I used to deadline. work with a
3: guy whose name was spelled damn near identical to that, and he called himself Shoop. so what the hell.
1: The Rays uh, also traded former Twins catcher Wilson Ramos to the Philadelphia Phillies. He is currently on the DL with a hamstring injury. Uh, That's e- a rarity. Yeah. Uh, the Rays also acquired outfielder Tommy Pham for the Cardinals for three prospects. That was stupid. I didn't understand that one either. Cleveland, the Twins' opponent this evening, uh, they reached a deal to acquire Tigers center fielder Leonis Martin. And the Red Sox last, late last night, acquired second baseman Ian Kinsler from the Angels. Speaking of the twins, Kyle Gibson against Cleveland right-hander Trevor Bauer tonight. First pitch from target field is at 710 PM.
3: Tickets are available, I understand.
1: The <laughs> Orioles, gentlemen, are
0: 32 and 74.
3: How can they give up? They could well, win the rest, and left. they still wouldn't make How many the games
1: back are they of Boston? <laughs> Forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> 42
2: they games got a chance to finish 60 behind. 40, 42 wow. games back wow. with
0: 56 games to play. Will, my question em. is, will they get to
3: 40 wins? Boy. Uh, they're not trying now. <laughs> All right. Thank you.
2: The Ride with Royce now continues. File, 69, offense. He was giving them the business.
0: It's time for Late Hits.
1: The the atmosphere was good. The atmosphere is good, but if I was them, I wouldn't come. I I, I wouldn't come. I wouldn't spend my money to see
3: these teams. (laughs) I wouldn't spend my money. That is Jose Marino. He's the coach of Manchester United. (laughs) And this was his review after a hundred thousand people showed up in Michigan to watch Manchester United play their arch rival Liverpool, <laughs> except United didn't have their 13 best players, ah. uh, cause they're still over resting up from the World Cup. So they send their C squad over here and get you <laughs> suckers to come and buy tickets, and they got beat four to one. And then after that, he basically went on a big rampage about how they're not getting him any new players. But uh, that's uh, this guy's now my hero. I want him to be a coach here. Uh, he makes Adrian Heath sound reticent. That's where it, I was it going.
0: Re- it reminds me of earlier this year in spring training when I think it was Pete Abraham that had asked you to come up to watch the Red Sox and Yankees play, play yeah. in spring training, and you asked him if...
3: yeah. Oh, well, no, I was going to go to the game, and I just texted Pete. And I said, yeah. Is Stanton there? And he said, No. <laughs> is Judge there? Nope. He said, No. Nope. Is Sanchez there? He said no. And then I told Pete to climb a rope. <laughs> I'm not gonna come out and see him. The hell no Royce. Well my it's favorite this- is when
1: Boston travels all the way to the Twins Complex, which is three miles (laughs) away. David
3: Ortiz has never seen no, (laughs) never seen whatever we call that Hammond Stadium. Stadium. But this is what you're seeing tonight if you're one of the lemmings down there to watch Tottenham with your scarf. Play AC Milan. We don't rip scarves anymore. That's right. You had a scarf. uh, You had a scarf scarf guy. But anyway. These are exhibition games that they're coming over here. They're bringing their young guys and their C-squads, and we're showing up like we're watching the real team. You're rooting for laundry. You're rooting for laundry. The best is all the frauds
1: that think that they're soccer fans don't know the difference no, anyway. No, no, right. they
3: don't. All right. We don't uh, talk sports. We teach sports. That's Here's right. a great one. <laughs> so one reason teams are acquiring all this international... Money is because the Mesa boys from Cuba defected earlier this year. Uh, One of them is a 21-year-old outfielder, and uh, the other is a younger outfielder. They're supposed to be really good, really fast outfielders, and they are the sons of Victor Mesa Sr., who I saw play for Cuba in the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. Wow. That's another story. The best thing about this is Victor's oldest son is named Victor Victor, and his second son is named Victor Jr. Ah! Victor <laughs> Jr. So, uh, you know. So, wait a minute. Would Victor be his first and middle name then? First and middle name. Gotcha. Apparently, they're filling out the birth certificate in Cuba, and they said, okay, his first name is Victor. What do you want his second name to be? And they said, "Yeah, what the hell? Victor. Boy, mom and dad got <laughs> lazy. <laughs> Victor, <didn't they? laughs> Victor Mesa and Victor Jr. Well, so it got me thinking nostalgically of the nineteen ninety two Olympics. First year there was ever an official gold medal. Was that the last year they had baseball? No. First year they ever had official gold medal. They had oh, it right, as an right. exhibition right. sport in LA. They had Rod Dudo, Dito coaching, managing, and they had big turnouts, but they, it was an exhibition sport, and it was a demonstration sport in 88, and then it was in 92 was the first year they played for a gold medal, All right. and, in, uh, and it went through 2008, and it's coming back in Japan in 2020, but Good. it's been out for the last two cycles along with softball. So I told Manny, I think I saw this guy. I think I saw him play. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, yeah, I saw him play in 92 for uh, the Cuban team in Barcelona. I went out to see him play the U.S. It was in the semifinals, and uh, it was the slowest game I ever saw, including the Yankees with Lance Lynn pitching. (laughs) They're never in a hurry. They had a left-handed pitcher who was great, a kid named Aheda, Aheda. Uh, and uh, he's got to be on this list here, Aheda. He was a really good lefty. Uh, Omar Aheda, and he beat the U.S. that day 6-1, to one, but it took him five hours to throw between pitches. Not much of a diligent worker. But Victor worker. Mesa uh, was the center fielder on that team. He was 32 years old. They beat us 5-1. to one. They had some great legends of, uh, of uh, Cuban baseball on that team, including... The uh, third baseman slugger, Orestes Kindelan, who was uh, world uh, one of their more legendary players. Antonio Pacheco was another uh, great Cuban player on that team. And they, they beat us rather handily. So then I tried to look up the U.S. team that we had that year.
0: Victor and, Mesa, by the way, I found out too, Pat, was the uh,
3: manager for
0: Cuba in the 2013 World Baseball
3: yes, Classic. Yes, yes. And, let me see, where is Any it? players what? of note from the Nomar US team? Nomar Garcia Park. Oh, yeah. Remember mm. Calvin Murray was a football, basketball, football, uh, baseball player, Calvin mm-hmm. Murray. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Hammons mm-hmm. had a long career. Michael Tucker had a long career. Yeah. Jason Giambi, personable Phil Nevin. <laughs> uh, Ron Valone, Jason Veritek.
1: Is, uh. it, is Ron Valone the guy that hit Morneau in the head? Is that the is that the guy? Is uh, he a Seattle. pitcher? He could have been. Okay, God, lefty. He was yep. a lefty.
3: Uh, Rick Heling. We we I covered him like he's he one of us. A full, uh, uh, North Dakota guy. Fargo, right? right? yeah. Fargo guy. I covered him like he was grew up in St. Bloomington. Paul, you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, covered him. Uh, so anyway, they had a good and the catcher was great. Charles Johnson was the number oh, one. Yeah. So their are two catchers were yeah. Charles Johnson. Johnson and, and But we That's, weren't wow. as good as Cuba. Six to one. That Cuba team. And uh I love it. You know, I'm a little old to have any children, but if I would ever adopt one oh, God. and I get a chance to change his name, I'm gonna call him Patrick Patrick I Jr. Love it. Patrick, or Patrick. Heinrich. Heinrich. Heinrich 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 Jr. That would be Heinrich. That's even better. Yes. Heinrich would be a fantastic name. All right, the end the uh the the WNBA acted like the rest of the Major league sports like they didn't really want gambling. These teams are, these leagues are so damn excited that uh, there's now going to be gambling everywhere in the country. Vegas. The NBA has become the first major U.S. sports league to sign an official betting sponsor, the WNBA. No, the NBA. The NBA is doing this. On Tuesday, Commissioner Adam Silver announced that the league struck a deal with MGM that will give the gaming company rights to use league highlights, names, logos, and its direct data feed, as well as exclusively market itself as the official gaming partner of the NBA and the WNBA. Industry sources pegged the deal to be for three years and apparently $25 million a year. But it wow. is it is upon us. Wait a minute. Yeah. A three-year deal and 25 per? That seems light, that, that doesn't is it? light, but they're trying to get it started here. Anyway.
1: Now, remind me, are, do we have a franchise headed to Vegas? or are- no.
3: The okay, NBA I, it's not. probably going to. It's will it'll be an expansion
0: one. team. But okay. right They've, now there's no team that's really in, will in danger. They probably have one. I
3: don't think anybody in that league is in danger moving right now. Are they? New in Orleans the NBA? is fairly solid. Did yeah, Milwaukee get a okay. new stadium? Yep. yep. the they Bucs, the the Bucs open a new
0: arena opens this year. Yeah. The Kings just the Kings were probably the most rumored one, and they they just got an They're, arena. They're going to eat year. their heart
3: out though to see all the. The, all the passion. For oh them. my God! In that town. No, did I the
1: Maloof still own the Kings, or did they sell? Oh God, they no, sold. They, years sold years. they, they sold did.
3: Okay, them. they went bankrupt. Okay. okay, they sold years ago. Uh, they got the uh, millionaire from India or Pakistan. Yeah. Or oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, anyway, that's why he's got Vladi. That's right. You got Vladi there smoking the <laughs> heaters, heaters, heaters in the office. Shit. Hey, <laughs> called up our guy and said, "Vladi, and retiring? Get out come here! Come on, Belly, get come over here. On, here. Hey, belly, belly, belly let's a three-year
0: contract. <laughs> yeah, we,
3: we'll take care of you, Belly. All right, we'll be back. See if we got a daily complaint." Holy cow! We got a lot. We better have some serious boys daily, complaints. daily complaints today. We got some time here. We usually only have a couple of minutes, but we got some time. Patrick, mine goes into the realm of the medical
1: world. Are you okay. ready for this? All right. First, it was Leland Reavers.
3: Okay. And then it
1: was Noah Syndergaard, and now another New another York pitcher. Got a hoof and mouth disease. J. A. Happ
3: has been diagnosed with hand, foot, and mouth what? disease. Now. So he's with the Yankees, though. Yes. He's with a different team. Yes. Okay, tell me about this. Oh, I've never heard awful. of it. So kids get a germ and they chew on their hands? So or... they get it,
1: and basically your skin breaks out into blisters in various never... areas. It's I, Leland had it from the knees down but, and but, then on how, his arms. where does it come from? From another kid with hand, foot, and mouth disease. But it's... It's just like is, catching is it, a cold or something. Is it basically, a it it's a virus. And basically, it's a virus. a virus. The thing that stinks about it is there's really nothing you can do outside of giving the kid antibiotics because you have to. wait And this, like, I know this well, is how gross. How are these
3: but adults getting it? I thought it was a child. Because they're thing. getting it. If you haven't
1: had it, but everybody has had it or has been I haven't had it. no, or has been vaccinated for it at some point. Okay. So if you are an adult and were never vaccinated or had it as a kid or had pox or <laughs> J- whatever, A-Hap has it. And so did Nelson guard had it like two uh, yes. two, year, two weeks ago. How long does it take? Uh, Leland took about a week to get through the does it entire make you cycle. Itch? Oh yeah, is that
3: the and problem? the problem what do you is do to keep a kid from itching. Well, the, and then turn himself into a bloody, ugly mess. And
1: that's the thing you have to wait for all of them the the blisters to essentially pop because that's Oof. what. That's His mother's
3: what, in the medical profession. I How know. come she can't prevent this? Well, and that's the thing that stinks <laughs>
1: is for the first two or three days when you're carrying the virus, you show zero symptoms. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can carry it and give it to somebody else and you don't even know that you have it. on him? Yeah. How'd, uh, how'd Will avoid it? Oh, I'm sure well, he avoided it. I think he had a small case of it when he was really little. Okay. But I, I don't know. So she- you only get it once? You get it one time and then you're good. So now Jay Happ is in the clear for the rest of his life. Okay, good. What
3: do you got, Manny?
0: My daily complaint is probably one all three of us will share is just overall with the Minnesota Twins and just this season, the fact that they had to essentially be sellers at this point of the trade deadline and get rid of, you know, half the roster, it seems like Uh just because of the disappointing season that they had, I mean, now
3: we're going on the run.
1: We're going to sweep the tribe. <laughs> now we're going we to win about seven in a row, right?
3: We did that last year because we lost a mediocre closer and a slop ball and lefty, not because you traded away the entire
1: team. <laughs> two Javi <laughs> Garcia trades last year <laughs> within, like, within, like, what, five days
3: or a week <laughs> <Yeah>. or something?
1: <laughs>
0: I'll
3: say one thing. These guys don't let any moss grow under their feet, do they? Hey, so,
0: if you
1: didn't why? like what happened, then sorry. Yeah. It's not... Yeah. That's that's my uh, complaint.
3: They didn't. They this was a desperation trade today. They wanted. With Dozier, they wanted to move Brian. They didn't get get diddly and the fact they had to take Forsythe, they didn't want to take Forsythe. I guarantee you. But you know what? The way they could. I told the second baseman moving all over. They once Kinsler and the Brewers bailed. The Brewers had the thing with a scoop going.
1: Now watch though. I told Manny this off the air. They're going to spin Forsyth for something before the 30, August 31st. I don't think
3: anybody wants them. Well, but yeah, they would probably. Right. Here's my daily complaint. What? Okay. Al Jefferson.
1: Oh,
0: yes.
3: Ratliff's expiring contract. Yes, that's right. Gerald Green. Sebastian Telfair. And Ryan Gomes. This the On this day in history. Oh, my God. Uh, uh July 07? 31st. Yep. 2007. The Timberwolves traded Oof. Kevin Garnett for that collection of nonsense. And two first-round picks. Al Jefferson could play a little bit. Uh, but uh, Two first-round picks we, that uh, ended
0: up being Wayne Ellington and Johnny Flynn.
3: Wayne Ellington and Johnny Flynn.
0: Yep. Ellington's
1: okay. He's still
0: that, in the league. You but. just
3: made my daily complaint even worse. <laughs> 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 and what was the... Uh,
1: Hey, Johnny Flynn was drafted ahead of Steph Curry.
0: And and it was and DeMar DeRozan,
3: along with a first-round draft choice. A return of the first rounder, the Wolves had surrendered in the Wally Zerbiak for Ricky Davis trade. Oh that was gosh. another good one.
0: Wow, Mark Blunt.
3: What? The, what was Kevin McHale? Marcus Spoken Banks was the
0: Marcus Banks was the key to that trade too. were
3: they? We can't blame that. We can't blame that on David Kahn. Gilly. No. <laughs> All right, tomorrow.